Good. I'm hot in this Alabama heat, but I am okay. <laughs> yes, girl, you are hot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this happened in Koi. Hi, peaches. So we're back again for season two for What's Happening with Rosie. For this season, I actually sat down with a couple of ladies and we talked about relationships. Now, I could blab for hours just to get this topic's intro down, but I won't do that. I'll get to go ahead and let you enjoy the conversations. Sounds good? Don't forget to grab your coffee or your tea and I'll see you in a little bit. Kind of wanted to introduce her, but she is. She's gonna introduce herself, but she is one amazing sister, and I can't even begin to explain to y'all how much she has guided me and encouraged me with this acting career that I'm trying to pursue. J.K. I'm kidding, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Do you want to share a little bit more about yourself, Clay? I think you would make a terrific actress, Rosie. I truly do. <laughs> and I receive that, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I'm Sequoia. I am an actor and an educator. I met Rose from our church. Uh, I actually host a connect group, a small group at our church that we both attend. And um, we were having a party, inviting a bunch of girls from our church. And Rose was actually invited by... Um, one of our mutual friends and she came and that, like the rest is history we just like hit it off and she joined the small group and yeah like that's and that's crazy how that happened and now you're like like my sister like my forever sister oh, now forever <laughs> sister I'm so honored thank you <laughs> but yeah it was um I basically came because of one of our friends and it's like you know what? I have nothing to do tonight so might as well just step in and then Yo, lo and behold, this entire room full of beautiful ladies and just, like, doing their thing. And I'm just like, yo, I needed this, like, years ago. So, <laughs> but, yeah, we were part of a sisterhood, which has, like, just been um, a lot of reasons why I'm who I am right now. But thank you. So she's my leader. She's my lead. She's she's amazing. Anywho, <laughs> um, as amazing as she is, she will actually share a little bit, uh, a bunch of stories or like something about her that I'm pretty sure will enlighten and just give us a, a lot more wisdom than we expect from this conversation. But Koi, the stage is yours. The mic is yours. Take over. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing that I always want to share with people is like um testimonies that I've um that God has allowed to happen in my life because I truly believe when things when God does miracles and really brings about revelation in our lives it's for us to share with other people and um <laughs> I actually was looking through my high school yearbook I'm home in Alabama right now and I was just thinking like wow like girl if the high school you knew like the things that you would go through mm. like you could tell her, like, don't give up, hang in there. Like, it's going to be worth it. Um, but my biggest thing that I always want to tell people is to remind them that their identity is so important. Like, our identity is literally the root. It's our foundation and how we live our lives. But we have to know our identity and know who gave us the identity in order for us to live purpose-filled lives. And 
I struggled with that for so many years and it's something that I'm overcoming. I remember the Holy Spirit telling me um, so clearly to stop saying you're struggling and start Mm -hmm. declaring that you are now overcoming. And it's so easy for us to be like, oh, I'm struggling with this. And yet, factually, like that is true. It is something that you are, you know, working through. But like, for me, at least, I want to declare and change the language. Like, I'm not struggling. I am now overcoming something. And that's just with anything in my life. And um, so that's like little words like that is like a part of the identity. Yeah. I don't struggle through. I overcome. I don't just um, like go into a pity party. I, I go into God's grace. So learning who we are and learning how God sees us will literally like change our lives in such radical ways. And like it's it wasn't until I learned who I am that I was able to see God as a healer. Yeah. It wasn't until I realized and got that revelation that no. I am healed. Like Isaiah 53 and five says that by his stripes, I am already healed. I, I, I was diagnosed with lupus in 2014 and by 2018, I was in remission and no longer on medication. I went from taking four pills a day to I'm literally on zero medication. Wow. I've had five surgeries on my retinas, on my eyes. I'm, I'm on my retinas and Lily was told that I would go blind and I mean, that's still a process. I still, I still see my ophthalmologist and things like that, but I, I know my identity is in Christ. I know my identity is rooted in a healer and my foundation is rooted in healing. And I don't have to declare that that's valid for me because I know blindness isn't a part of my purpose. Mm. I'm not saying that God can't use that or use a sickness or an illness to enhance his purpose and in someone's life. But I know that's not a part of the plan he has for me. So I don't, I don't walk in that and I don't accept that. But again, like once we start really leaning into who God says we are and we start really knowing and learning who he says we are, we won't know and we won't know how to walk into our purpose. Oh, that's good. That's true. Yeah. It's uh, sorry to cut you off, but it's like, I literally just heard about this, not heard about it, but I heard yesterday and it kind of shifted my entire perspective as well. Cause basically remember when we have been talking for a few days prior to that, it's like, how are you? Oh, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. But then the moment that you convince yourself that you're tired, you're going to operate with throughout your day being tired. And so Mm -hmm. I did change. I was like, you know what? I'm excited and I'm, and I'm expected. It, yep. it might be an uphill battle, but then I am excited and I'm ready for the next territory that we were going to be taking taking over. But then it's that's good too when you said the the foundation. It's like that's the first thing that we need to set up because yep. if that foundation isn't firm and it has cracks and it has mm-hmm. um, it, it lacks support the moment you put anything on top of it, you build upon that crack yep. and unstable foundation, you might be able to might be able to build a couple of stories upon it, but then in a certain amount of weight onto it, because your foundation is not rooted well yeah. enough and not firm, it'll just gonna go tumbling down. But mm-hmm. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> No, and going back to your point, sometimes God, like, because he loves us so much, I know it's in my life, he loved me so much that when he saw that my foundation was rocky and it was rooted in things that weren't of him, he literally tore it down himself. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even let it get to the point where it came crumbling, crumbling down. It it was like, no, I'm just going to blow yeah. it away. And that's actually biblical in a way, too. I think it's in Nehemiah where he says that because, like, oh, I have to find the actual verse. I don't want to, like, misquote. But yeah. that's actually biblical. Like, God loves us so much, he will literally blow things away. Yeah. He will also say no to us on mm-hmm. things that 
aren't necessarily like bad things, you know? Like I think when people, when we face adversity in any kind of way, like I think back to like my acting career, like I've always like wanted to be an actor. And I just knew in high school and college, I was like, I'm going to go to Yale School of Drama. And I was like, I'm going to Yale. Because I, I just love Angela Bassett. And I always wanted to um, model my career after her. And she went to Yale School of Drama. And I just I just knew I was in. I made it. Out of hundreds of people auditioned for Yale School of Drama every single year. And out of the hundreds, they narrowed it down to 30. And then from the 30, they narrowed it down to the 16 or 18 people who will be in that class that year. I made it to... like so you audition there's like three rounds of auditions in one day i made it all past all three rounds and i'm like of course like i know i'm talented whatever (laughs) made it to the top 30 where they invite the top 30 people from the hundreds who audition to and that's the same thing for juilliard nyu any top acting program so they narrow it down from the top 100 to the 30 or whatever and they invite you to the school to audition and I remember being in New Haven Connecticut they put you in a hotel and I was just like oh this is amazing I'm gonna be at Yale and I had my interview I just left Yale thinking oh I know I'm in and I didn't get in I got my emails and I was waitlisted and I was just like whoa like literally Mm -hmm. in shock I thought I literally kid you not I thought that they emailed me like the wrong letter I thought they confused me with someone else because also I've always been a girl of prayer like I grew up in church and I've known God since I was young so I was I was praying I was fasting I was like this is for me I know like God knows the career path that I want to take and I didn't get in so I'm like okay Yale's not for me I had my Juilliard call back the following week same thing out of the hundreds they invited I think it was like 50. It was a little bit more. And out of the 50, they would choose like 16. Same thing. But I was actually an alternate at Juilliard. So I'm like, okay, God, all right. Hmm. Maybe you just want to, you know, test my faith. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'm an alternate. Any moment I'm going to get the call and say, you're in. And I didn't get in. It was the same thing for NYU. And it was the same thing for all the other acting programs I auditioned for. And I didn't get in. And I just remember thinking, I can't be an actor. But long story short, my whole point of that is God, he literally tore all of that down. He didn't even let it be built. He didn't even let my that that get even built because my foundation in him wasn't fully secure. Mm. Because I know looking back now, I know that if I would have gone into Yale and I'm talking like these are good programs. Like when you graduate, you are automatically going to be cast into movies like this is these are these are programs these programs are the reason why we know Lapita Nyong'o, mm. Angela Bassett, uh, Corey Hawkins, like all of these, um, I'm naming black actors specifically because those are the ones who I truly follow. But like, these are the ones who, because they went to these programs, we know who they are now. And these programs have so much weight in the industry. And um, I was just like, I, I can't be an actor now. And I think looking back, God was like, you weren't ready. If you would have went to those programs, there's this business from what I've seen, even on the outside looking in and even being on the inside on some moments is really dark. And I was not ready. My foundation in him was not ready. And I would have literally gotten eaten up. So I say that to say the foundation is so important because if your foundation isn't set. God will protect you by not will literally protect you by closing your dreams, literally. And also what makes it great is when he closes doors, he opens up doors and he places dreams in your heart that you never even thought of before I even wanted to be an educator I was like I'm gonna be an actor I'm gonna be an actor and I'm still an actor I definitely pride myself in my acting 
but I just have never had a thought of teaching. And through that, God placed in my heart to teach. And I love teaching. And I, and also in that, God humbled me and has shown me that my, my foundation with him is more important than any acting career. I don't have to step foot on another stage again, as long as I have God in my life. And mm. I truly mean that. And that's not what I always thought. I was always like, is acting, is acting, is acting. But no, I never want to act a day in my life if I can't have God as my savior. I can't have God in my life. Wow. Mic, <laughs> mic drop. That was a long, that was a lot. But no, I, it's again, like the foundation is so important. And again, God will literally take away the things that you really, really are looking forward to. And it hurts him to do it, you know, but he loves us so much that he will be, he will be like, Hey, I know she really wants to go to one of these drama schools and she's talented enough to get in, but that's not for her right now. And he's God. He controls the universe. So he doesn't even need those schools to put me in the place that he wants me to be, you know, the career that I'm like, Oh, I want this. I want that. God doesn't need Yale or Juilliard. Man, in man's world, in man's strategy, that's the way it works. Mm -hmm. Like, you go to one of these programs and then you you get in the move with Clint Eastwood or, you know, like, you know, the Hughes brothers and things like Mm -hmm. that. But, like, God's like, if I want Clint Eastwood to see you, I will let him see you. If I want you on Broadway tomorrow, you will be on Broadway tomorrow. He's more concerned about who we are and our hearts and making sure our foundation is built on him. And once I got that revelation, I was like, okay, God, I'm chilling. (laughs) that's true because once once we or you were allowed to actually go through that program and then he knows that that would have then be your identity going out into the world Mm -hmm. and he could not let that happen and it's just like what it's not just with acting it's not just with school right it's not just with work but if he do if he does give us the things that we most want knowing that we are not yet set and firm. Mm-hmm. He's like, once I give you this, this will then be your identity. This is how, exactly. this is what you think values you, or yep. this will then be your value, which is, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm like, you just spoke to me because like, I thought that a relationship will, will value me more than I am alone. Mm-hmm a job title would value yeah. me and that would be then my identity. But then I'm like, no, no, he's, it's not, it's literally crazy now because this past few days, I dare say weeks maybe, but this past few days has been just a crazy back to back revelation. Although I've been saying this, but it's different when your heart is actually now stepping into it. Your mind is actually also thinking about it now and you are aware and you're, Mm-hmm. ready for it and it's just like all the things that you thought <laughs> all the yeah. things that you thought gives you value it doesn't <laughs> it's not your identity and it's just Mm-mm. it's it's sad to think that we work so hard and so much to reach those um just des- not destiny to reach those um goals and mm-hmm. once we get there we think that okay now i'm valued now i'm mm-hmm. like this is it and- it's going to constantly be like that same, oh, like it's like a circle in a way. It's like you get to this place. Oh, I feel like I have value. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't have value anymore because like that's it comes from a place of comparison also, oh. which is why it's so important to trust 
God. Mm. It's so important to trust when he closed those doors. Everyone's always like, oh, just pray and Ugh. believe that God will open the doors. But what about when God doesn't open yes. the door? You know, it's important to believe even then. I, that's why I love um, Mike, Pastor Mike Todd so much, because if you look at his story, like he was a music producer, mm-hmm. you know, and he grew up around church, but he definitely never had, and he told, he's told this testimony. I don't like know him personally, <laughs> but <laughs> he grew, he, he grew up in church. He wanted to be a music producer mm-hmm. and it was prophesied over him. Like literally what he's doing now was prophesied over him and his wife, who was his girlfriend <sighs> at the time. That's amazing. And he was just, he was, te- he was teaching, he was preaching in Tulsa, doing his thing. And then um, I remember I was in Cincinnati. I was doing a show in Cincinnati, and um, I would stream. I would stream Stephen Furtick Elevations Church online on Sundays, and Stephen Furtick wasn't there. And I was like, "Who is this black guy preaching?" I had never heard of Mike Todd before. And when I listened to that <gasps> message, I was like, "Yo, this message is incredible!" And literally, he told his testimony on how he ended up on Stephen Furtick's mm, Elevations platform, yes, yes, yes. which was so God, yeah. which was so God. Literally, long story short, he met Stephen Furtick and he wanted to talk to him because he loved Stephen Furtick, and God was like, "No, no. don't say a word to him." And he didn't say a word to him. Was right behind him. To yep, to right behind him. Ended up also ended up trying to get to Stephen Furtick's um, like uh, conference for leaders. He couldn't even like get in because uh, he like didn't get a ticket or something like that. And then um, like, oh, he ended up getting in like the next day or something like that. But anyways, um, Stephen Furtick ended up seeing his one of his messages yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. And from that message he saw on YouTube was like, I need this guy at my mm-hmm. church. Sends him like a voice memo and. And it was just so God. Yeah. Literally, Mike Todd had to do literally nothing. And God orchestrated everything, which is why it's so important to just trust God. Do your part. Do yeah. the part that you're, he's telling you to do, but trust him. He's the creator of the universe, and he's on your side. Mm-hmm. So trust him. And what I love about it, um, about Pastor Mike Todd's story, is that like he's so transparent about it. Mm-hmm. He's transparent about the fact that he is God. Same thing with his book. Yeah. Same thing. Like the way that he is like in the like spotlight now as a preacher, like he credits it to God. He's not like, and he's not even qualified by men's standard to do the things that he's doing and to run like this big church. Like he, he literally, his training is like community college Mm -hmm. at like Tulsa community college or something. It's not even like some big like seminary school. And he didn't even graduate. It was like one semester Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's not like, he didn't inherit a church from like his dad or anything, you know, it's, it it was definitely God ordained. And I think about that with my life, like God is orchestrating every, even now, like the positions that I'm in, I'm so blessed to be in. I know it's just no one, but God, like I, Everything that I can say, like, oh, that was amazing. I know it was God. Me getting into New- getting to New York to be able to live there. I always wanted to get out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Moving to New York, God. Living in the apartment that I live in now that I absolutely love, God. My job, oh my goodness, my job, jobs with an S. Oh. I love and I know it's no one but God. Mm-hmm. I always, I would cry at night because I used to work at The Gap. And I hated working at The Gap. And I... Um, remember crying to God, like, man, Lord, I want a survival job that I don't hate. Like, Lord, I want to be able to like love what I do. I want to be able to get paid to do what I love. And I literally kid you not, that is exactly what I do every single day. And I pride myself in that. I pay my bills doing what I love to do. And 
it doesn't feel like a day of work because I love to do it. And that's not me. That's God. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Cause if then if that goes back to like how, if he had allowed, let's say pastor Mike Todd and you to go through everything that would qualify you, it would then take away the credit that God is supposed to be exactly. taking in the first place. Mm-hmm. so i'm like yeah wow okay. exactly <laughs> exactly like he's supposed to get all of the credit and again he doesn't do this stuff for us like yeah it we feels good when he blesses us but it's for us to be a blessing to other people mm-hmm. you know i always think i was just thinking today i was looking through um i don't know being home in alabama has made me so nostalgic but mm-hmm. like thinking today like what if i would have gotten into like yellow Juilliard? Yeah. where would i be like would i be on drugs would i be like uh-huh. having, like sleeping around with people mm-hmm. no i'm these are like genuine questions because i was not there i was easily swayed in my faith back then wow. like i was 22 wow. and like age like not to say that like age is has to do with like you know maturity or anything but like i definitely wasn't a woman of my faith as i am now easily swayed easily swayed and i I've gotten to a place now where like there's nothing that anyone can say to me that can make me see God in a different light. Like God has done too much for me. Mm-hmm. Even in the things when he didn't do anything for me, I know he's God and he loves me mm-hmm. because this industry is so full of people who literally do not believe in God and they will tell you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's why I've become so like on my Instagram, my first thing is Jesus mm-hmm. actor, <laughs> educator. And I'm unashamed in that that's because good. Come on. you have people who will challenge you with that because they think, I don't know. I think they think it's an intellectual thing or maybe they just think it's fun. But back then I know for a fact that I would have been like, Oh, well maybe God is. Mm -hmm. It, it comes back to like, you know, how God took, I mean, brought out the Israelites out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. He could have taken them the, the fast path, which was like seven days or so. But if he actually took them through that, it was like, you aren't ready for what was waiting for you in the promised land. Yeah. So, yes, they had to go through the 40 years of um, depending on him and just trusting mm-hmm. him. And all through that, yes, they might have complained. They might have flip tables and all that. But that season or that journey prepared them so that they would be able to carry and um, handle what was waiting for them in the promised land. Yeah. And also, like, I, we, we give so much, like, crap to the Israelites. Like, they were just complaining, blah, mm. blah, blah. At least I do. But they, <laughs> I do the same thing. Same. I do the exact same thing. Yeah. And, like, you, you know, like, all of the stuff that they went through when, like, they, they were in, like, they were slaves and then they were in Egypt. And to think that they were saying, it was so much better back then, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. How easily are we like manipulated into thinking like our bondage, our when we were in darkness was actually good, better when God, yeah, yeah. or better when we're when God is in, putting us in the process mm, when they were prepare. in those the wilderness. That was the process, mm. and the process isn't good. God cannot prepare you when everything is good. He can't prepare you when the spotlight is on you. He prepares you in the dark room. He prepares you in those dark moments, and it's yucky and it hurts, mm. but it's worth it. Mm. And also too thinking about the Israelites a lot of it like they put on themselves of like the the constant like that journey like God is so good though that journey didn't have to be as long as they made it but he knew it would be that long yeah and he used that so I think about a lot of times where like 
how I've delayed some things in my oh. life and how True. God knew, okay, she's going to do this and it's going to delay the process because she's not ready yeah. yet. Not because I have to delay it to like withhold from her, yeah. but she's that's not right. ready yeah. yet. So let me continue to process her because I, I, I also too, that's been prophesied over me. It, what was it? I think, so I went to a, a prayer room. I'm like, like a church of a house of prayer. I think that's the name of it. Resting place, house of prayer. Yes. And it's literally, it's not like a traditional church where you hear a message. It's literally just worship and yeah. prayer the whole time. And um, this lady prophesied over me and she was like, God's like, don't be afraid of the wolves. Like, she was like, you're walking through a forest and like, don't be afraid of the wolves. And I was just like, I don't know what that means. Mm. And then like a year later, uh, I ended up having a dream of me like literally walking through a forest and there's like wolves. Wow. And I'm just like, wasn't afraid. Like I was like legit brave and then when i woke up from the dream i clearly remember the holy spirit saying to me um press through the threshing floor and i was didn't know what the threshing floor meant but when i looked it up it was a sense of like refinement the sense of like when you thresh things out yes and so like god is literally like like taking the things that aren't that aren't like him he is threshing it out he is refining me and 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 in that that is what's making me to not be afraid because I know who has created me. I know who has refined me. So I do not have to be afraid when I'm walking in the wilderness or walking in the woods per se, because I know that God has made me the sequoia that I am, which goes back again to identity. Yeah. When you let the the person who's made you refine you and not the world or not people refine you, you know who you have a true revelation of who you are. Yeah. But you got to go through the refinement mm-hmm. and the threshing and the process. The threshing literally is a person um, stepping on the grapes. And that means it's crushing. Like the grapes literally had to be crushed. Mm-hmm. And that's painful. Us be, imagine us, imagine people being crushed. Imagine people squeezing the juice out of you. Mm-hmm. But that's what they need to do. That's what we need to go through so that we could get the juice out of what we were made of. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this was, this was good. <laughs> Anywho, but um, I just wanted to quickly ask, um, any tips about dating and about men and just like... <laughs> talking about identity because I've gone through this so much that I feel like a relationship or somebody would amp up my identity like you know I would be valued Mm -hmm. more if I was with this person so just a quick tip or quick note like about I mean, I mean, I think we all want companionship in some way. So I think that's like completely normal. Like we all want companionship. I just know that I, I'm in a point in my life where I don't need it. (laughs) And like the only kind of relationship advice I guess I can get is just to know who you are. Relationship with with yourself. Yeah. Like that's with any relationship. That's in friendships. That's in like family relationships, knowing who you are. Yeah, because again, Um, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say this because like who we are and how we treat ourselves is basically definitely the person that we're also bringing into the relationship. Exactly. So you're talking again about foundation. That is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, and and who you are and how you treat yourself is a reflection of how you would treat others. And, you know, you got to know how to love yourself before you can really truly love someone else. And um I know I'm not there yet, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that, though. I'm about like, I'm to okay. cry. I'm about to cry. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I just had to reach a point, and I think it was during this pandemic, like, very recent, of, like, 
I had to get to a point, the same point in the the way I see my acting career and my career in general. Like, God, if it's not of you, I don't want it. Same thing with the relationship. And I had, truly had to get to that place. Like, God, you don't have to bring a, a man into my life as long as I have you. And I truly mean that. Like, I 100% mean that because it's not what, like, the past that I've gone through as far as, like, the trauma with relationships. And I've only been in two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want anyone if it's not of God if God if this isn't of you and if it will if it will not amplify your voice in my life I will rather be alone and I I mean I don't want to Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong I don't want to but if like I'm not gonna be actively looking I know right now at least I'm not I'm not actively looking I don't care I care about God and yeah so that's the the relationship advice i have is to know who you are and just know what god is telling you about relationship i know god for me has just said like that's don't even focus on that right now like that is the least of your worries Mm. like to the point where it's kind of like to the point where it's kind of like you be comfortable if you i never bring anyone in your life i hope that's not the case yeah and i don't think that's the case but i know the season i'm in right now it's like you're not ready for it yeah yeah and don't even be thinking about it for real for real (laughs) (laughs) and I'm just like here because it's um it's different when you look at uh, singleness and just our real our status or like our relationship status in a way that sometimes we we look forward to the next season that we are taking away the fruit or like we're just letting the fruit that we have in the season now rot Mm -hmm. because we're looking forward to what's the next Mm season is going to give us. So I think, yeah, foundation it's that's thank you. That's amazing. Um, Anywho, I wanted to end with this, like Koi, if somebody asks you, who is she? Who is Sequoia? How would you want that answer? Oh, Oh, Sequoia is, a lover of God and people more than anything. And yeah, like that, I feel like those are the two pillars, mm-hmm. lover of God, lover of people. And then under Everything. that, she's, she's so much more. She's silly. She is kind of creepy. She's weird. She's loving. She's gracious. She's fierce. She's trying. She, she's fierce. She's a queen. Yes. She's, <laughs> she's talented. Amen. She's so many things. Mm. And, um, yeah, but more than that, like she's like she's a conqueror. She's an overcomer. She's a she's a. Uh, I I truly believe like um, she's like a vessel who God works through. Like she she's um I'm like an angel, a savior in a way to children, many children around Come the on. world. Like I I truly believe that, and yeah, so that's a lot. But that's, that's who she not is. A lot. That's <laughs> not a lot. To whom much uh, to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. <laughs> Anywho, Koi, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure and honor awesome. to share your voice. And I can't wait for thousands and probably even millions of peaches would hear this for you. But love you. Thank you. I love you too. Bye. Hey, Peach. So... I hope you ripened up a little bit after that episode and don't forget to rate and review. Also, find me at wis.happening on Instagram. Send me a message. Now, if you have any questions, concerns, or tips on how I could do this better, I would greatly appreciate that. Again, this is to remind you that wis.happening is for creating a space for women to sew, show, and grow. Wis, W-I-S, is for who is she. Don't forget who you are. Bye, Peach.